We're finishing up the series on me and my big mouth. Any people got a big mouth problem here today? It's just me with my hand up. Oh, two, great. I want to encourage you at the end of this series, as we look at this topic, finding your true voice, that every one of us has something to say. Every one of us has something to say that can make a difference in someone's life. Paul puts it like this, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, the one who prophesies speak to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. This is basically speaking about every one of us has a God-given gift and capacity to speak life and encouragement to someone when we perhaps might have used our words to hurt, to cut down, to see people trip up, instead using our words to speak life over people. Now, I want to take our text this afternoon from James chapter 3. It's a section we know well. I'm going to, for the sake of time, pick out a few key phrases from this section from verse 4 to verse 12. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it boasts of great things. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? No, a salt pond cannot yield fresh water. This is challenging us that there has to come a clarifying point for each one of us as to what kind of language is going to come out of our mouth. Now, if I was to ask you, what kind of voice do you speak with, what would you say? A few of us today have acknowledged that we have a big mouth problem. Now, of course, always, this is one of those scenarios where you're in church and nobody in church ever does this, right? And you can all pretend I'm giving you, I'm covering you right now. But for me, I was educated well, but I could only use four-letter words in my speaking. It would be the case I'd be in a conversation with my friend and I would only use about seven or eight different words, but most of them would be with beginning with the letter F and the rest of them would begin with the letter S and because there's kids in the room, we'll not carry on with the list of words. But if you were hanging out with me, you would get a whole lot of profanity and a whole lot of abuse in amidst a few of the words that I might say to you. So the kind of voice that I was using was not one of encouragement. It was one of condemnation, one of attack, one of blame and so on. And one of just basically vulgarity. Sometimes now when I'm with my kids, I might be hanging out talking to my kids and one of my kids might do something bad and I'll be like, hey, stop that. And suddenly I'm hearing the voice of my dad when he used to say the same things to me. All of you know me, I've been in this church 15 years and in this time I've worked for Colin, our senior minister. So now sometimes people come to me to figure out what is Colin going to say on a particular issue? And I know exactly what he would say on a particular issue because I've learned to know his voice in those particular areas. We all speak with different voices based upon different scenarios that we face and find ourselves in. And when we think about this generation, there's a particular kind of a voice that we hear. When you begin to talk to this generation, everything we say is prefaced by, I feel or I think. But really, it's not about the thinking or the feeling. It's about I so what's hilarious is you can talk to people and they will say, I feel or I think as though they're the first one to come up with an idea, but really everyone else is saying the same thing. And 
really the voice that they're speaking with is one of me against, me against the world. I think, I feel, I am in a place to determine what is going on in the world around me. And much of our generation has been trained to test things, not to assume certain things. And yet there is a bit of a challenge when it comes to this whole hazy area of Christianity because even though uh, our generation is taught not to assume anything and not to take simply what somebody says, near universally, the same generation will say, Christians, well, you're all a little bit crazy, you Christians. You know, you're all hearing voices or you're listening to mere men who have written the word of God and claiming it's an inspired text you all seem to be under your special religious context. You just stay over there because I think and I feel. And yet there's something very challenging about the voice that comes through the Christian message. It's often tainted by the difficulties that we have in church because people are people. There's mess everywhere where people are involved. But through the core of the church, there's this challenging voice, the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ that comes through in the teachings of Jesus when he begins to teach on things like love your neighbor, love your enemy, pray for those who sin against you, forgive people who have wounded and hurt you. The challenge of that voice is where I want to focus our attention. And if we're going to be people that say we follow Jesus, we want to speak with the voice of Christ, there needs to come a clarifying point for us. A salty pond cannot produce fresh water. We cannot speak the words of Christ if we continue to speak the words of death and brokenness that we might be using at the moment. Jesus said this in John 10, verse 3, The sheep hear my voice, and I call my own sheep by name and lead them out. And when the shepherd has brought all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. There's something about Jesus' voice in the midst of everything else that we hear, all of the rhetoric that we might hear, or the claims that we might hear in church context. There's something pure about Jesus' voice that I want to highlight for us in terms of knowing who we are to be following. First, Jesus is speaking with the voice of the Creator. You know how you can get ticked off with your parents? You can get mad at your parents because you, you see that they've got shortcomings and you see when they say one thing and they do another and then they tell you not to do the thing that they just did and you get angry with them because you, we see our human fallibility. But when we talk about Jesus, we're not talking about a parent-child relationship as important as that is. We're talking about the one who dreamed of us and created us in our mother's wombs. We're talking about one who has ultimate original power for us. His voice has that much more authority as a consequence of that. Second, the voice of Christ is holy. We know that when Jesus speaks, it is pure and it has integrity. It is not tainted by somebody's motivation, somebody's desires. They might be using you or manipulating you through the use of their words. But when it comes to Jesus, he's speaking purely and holy. It's very hard to argue with someone who says, with the authority that Jesus says, forgive your enemies. Yeah, yeah, but I, I've seen you haven't forgiven, we might say to the preacher. I've seen you haven't forgiven, we might say to our parents. I've seen you haven't forgiven, we might say to a colleague. But when we see Jesus and he says, forgive your enemies, well, he's the one who hung on the cross and said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Even in the moment of being killed, he was proclaiming forgiveness. There's a purity and integrity around that proclamation. Third, when we hear the voice of Jesus, we hear the voice of a saviour. 
Not one who is judging us, condemning us to a life of brokenness, but the one who loves us and extends mercy to us for our mess. When we hear from Jesus, he is giving us clarity about two important things. You're forgiven by God and the Father loves you. And third, fourth, we, when we hear the voice of Jesus, we hear the voice of the Lord, the one who is uh, someone that is trustworthy, but also the one who has the right to command us to challenge us in our decisions about our lifestyle. And in that, we're called to obedience. So there is something about Jesus' voice. There's just four characteristics we've highlighted there, creator, holy, savior, Lord. But when I think about all the different voices I might hear, the voices of the advertising billboards and adverts you see on TV, the voices of great preachers and communicators, the voices of people accusing you because they're not happy with something you've done, the voices of your, your boss or your families. When I think about hearing all of those different voices, there's one voice, Jesus' voice that reminds me who I am and it reminds me what I am called to do, who I am called to be, and I would love to be someone that could say I follow his voice. Would you do the same? Hope so. So finally, just a final thought for us. Jesus has a voice, but he's also given you a voice. Each one of you is created unique in the sight of God. Each one of you has a unique way of seeing the world. I'm one of those uh, people that sees the world quite black and white. I would come with the, that's right, that's wrong. I would come with the challenge. I would come with the lack of compassion, even though I'm a preacher, communicator, pastor. You know, that's just my natural default. But you might be someone that's real pastoral and you understand where someone's coming from. You understand the difficulty that they're in. You understand where they are right there in their life. And you can connect. You might be someone that's gone through great trial. You face sickness yourself. You can connect. You might be someone that sees the world artistically. You can connect in ways that are far beyond where I could connect, but that's because God has created you uniquely. In his unique creation in you, he wants to clean up your voice. There was a moment for me where I was in church, and uh, my journey with church was, it took quite a while for God to take the four-letter words out of my mouth. But there was one point in time where I met with God. I didn't know what this phrase, meeting with God, was like. It's part of that Christianese that I was talking about last week. We use a lot of Christianese speak. But someone prayed for me, and in that moment, something changed in my heart. So that's how I describe meeting with God in that moment. And quite literally... I went from having to keep my mouth in church, you know, real try hard not to talk to people because I probably would swear at them if I was talking to people in church, and then going out to the world and just swearing all the time with my friends, had to try really hard to speak well. Then this moment of meeting with God and suddenly something changed in my heart. The next time I went to swear, the next time I went to abuse someone, the next time I went to cut someone down, I found it hard. I had to actually really try and in the moment I did, I felt guilty. I felt, you know what, I can speak better than that. I can speak life and encouragement over someone. And in that moment, he changed something in my heart. Now, the reason I'm laboring that personal testimony is because this is what God wants to do with all of us the moment we come into a living relationship with him. In Joel 2, there's this passage that we see in Acts 2 as well, uh, where it says, in this time, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. 
Even the men and women servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. What he's saying is this, that when God gives you the spirit, back to that verse I read at the beginning, you can be someone that prophesies, you can be someone that speaks life, you can be someone that speaks encouragement. Why can we do that? Because he changes our heart. Suddenly the heart that would produce profanity, that would produce salty water, has now been made fresh so that we can produce words of life, fresh water, living water that encourages people. The moment that we receive God to live on the inside of us, he changes our nature and it's evidenced by the way that we speak. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, the challenge that you'll hear most in a Christian context is you must be born again. What that means is we must be made new creations. Being made a new creation is where God changes your heart so that which comes out of your mouth is different. You're given a new voice before God. You're given a voice which speaks encouragement and life instead of brokenness and gossip and slander and shame. It's part of the mystery of becoming a Christian that God makes us new on the inside and then by his spirit teaches us to be a people that speak pure and holy words that honor him. Not just so we can say, I don't swear anymore. You know, what's the point of just not swearing anymore, not drinking anymore, not doing drugs anymore, do all of those things, I don't do, don't do, don't do. You know, the whole point of Christianity is that we get to love God, love our neighbor as ourselves, and have the freedom to do that without thinking about the cost, the expense of speaking encouraging words to someone but rather because we know the forgiveness of God, we know the freedom that God has given us, we can freely speak life to people around us.